0: yesterday morning, um, there was a gathering of a faith community in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Much like we're gathering today as a family um, with our loved ones and friends, and they were gathering to celebrate not only their faith and their time with each other in celebration of life with one another. They were celebrating the, the birth of a new child entering into their faith community. They were sitting together and worshiping. They probably had finished reading the Shema. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words which I command you today shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them thoroughly to your children, and you shall speak of them when you sit in, our, in your house and when you walk on the road, when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them up as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be a reminder between your eyes, and you shall write them upon your doorpost of your house and upon your gates. And it was about that time, after the completion of one of their prayers, that a man came in to do, to their service and began open firing. People fled and began to hide, but people were struck. Eleven people were killed. I can't um, begin to tell you the intense amount of emotion and pain that I experienced upon hearing that news, and I know that we hear news like this often. We are seeing this, these types of happenings all the time. It is not okay to look away. It is not okay to say, well, we'll just be thinking and praying for this community. This is a community just like ours. it is unfathomable to me that an act of hate would be unleashed in a community of love intended to bring peace it is beyond tragedy and it's not it is not what i intended to start off sharing with you this morning the names of those lost yesterday joyce fenberg 75 Richard Godfrey, 65, Rose Malinger, 97, Jerry Rabinowitz, 66, Cecil Rosenthal, 59, David Rosenthal, 54, the brothers, they were brothers, Bernice Simon, 84, Sylvan Simon, 86, husband and wife. Daniel Stein, 71. Melvin Wax, 88. Ivan Younger, 69. Six more were injured. Four of those were police officers. And I have no words to tell you that this is okay. It is past our time as a church, as a community of believers in faith, as members of this culture, this this society, this world, that we would not say this is not okay. And if we turn our head and we do not recognize the hatred that is represented in an act like this, these are our brothers and sisters And they were gathering together just like we are right now. And I can't, I cannot, um, I just can't shake the idea of that happening. Sitting among you guys or being a part of a community. I just, I can't even wrap my head around that this is is where we are. So what I want to do for you right now, or what I want to do with us together is I'm going to read a prayer of shalom, a prayer of peace. And I would ask for you to listen to the words of this prayer. Close your eyes. Let this be something that instead of just maybe we're past time on sending our thoughts and prayers, we need to beg God for peace. We need to beg God for his love to shine, for people to stand up when injustices occur. We have some copies of the prayer that I'm going to read over here and also I think in the back. And I would encourage you to please grab one before you leave today. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it in your, by your bed. Put it in your car. And let it be something that you read and you do not forget what has happened. This is the prayer of Shalom. I come as myself just as I am this moment. My feelings, my fears, my joys, my sadnesses. And you see me as I am because you really know me through and through. You see all that I am, all that I have ever been, every experience in my life is laid before you. Every image I have, each touch, each sensation, every word I have ever spoken or heard, each word, each idea, each thought which is imprinted in my soul is known by you. You know me better than my closest friend. You know me better than myself. You know And because of who I am, and in spite of who I am, you love me. You love me through and through. Nothing and nobody can remove your love from me. Nothing and nobody can separate me from the love of your presence. You knew me at the moment of creation, and even then you loved me. You knew me, and you loved me in my mother's womb. My my nature is known to you, and you called me by name. You held me in your arms. You embraced me. You breathed upon me and you gave me life and your love. You watched over me from my earliest childhood. You were present at all times in all places. My unseen playmate, my schoolmate, my workmate, my unseen guest at every meal. You shared in every encounter and you watched over me silently, even in the long hours of the night. You shared in every journey. You traveled with me. You were at the beginning of the journey and you were my companion along the way. Without you, I lose my way, and my journey has no purpose. I become exhausted on the way, but you, my Alpha and Omega, you are my way. You are the way itself, the way of life. So, Lord, I lay before you my life, all of my yesterdays, my todays, and tomorrow. I praise you because the presence of you in my life is unfathomable and unmatched. I lift up, for, I lift up in gratitude all the goodness and all the joy. I now offer you all of my hurts, my bruises and rejections. I offer you all the things of which I am ashamed. What I have said and done and thought, that all that has brought hurt to you and others, Lord, pour your cleansing streams of living water all over me. Make the parched deserts of my being spring to life. Refresh me and renew me. Lord, breathe on me afresh now and I will receive your life. Lord, reach out and touch me and I will receive your healing. Empty me utterly of all the rubbish within me. For this moment, Lord, take away all the distractions, all the temptations, all the evil thoughts and desires. Remove from me the anxiety and take away my hidden fears. Help me to know you. That your perfect love casts out fear. Bring me now into the deep silence of your presence. I give you my body and I ask that it become your dwelling place. This moment may... This moment, may every part of me be at peace with you. Let my heart be in harmony with your heartbeat. Let every part of my body be filled with your spirit. Let every blood vessel and every part of my nervous system, every muscle and organ and every cell fill me now with your stillness, with the reality of your living presence. Help me now to pray, even without words. Help me to pray with my breathing, to breathe in your love and out your peace. To breathe out my pain and my sadness. To breathe in your cleansing and forgiveness. And to breathe out my guilt and impurity. So in my breathing, may my body and my soul be at one with you. In harmony with you. At ease with you. May I be still and know that you are God. May I be still and know that you are Lord who brings healing. Help me to hear your still small voice, Jesus. May I know your words. Be still. May all the storms subside as I accept your presence is real. As I kneel before you and I give you my heart and all of my emotions, all of my deepest feelings that lie hidden with me, I give you my stillness. But I also give you the turbulence, the cross-currents of my life, the feelings of rejections and failures. I give you every relationship, every situation, all of my reactions, all of my outbursts of joy and anger, all of the moments of elation and despair. Lord, I give you my intellect. I lay before you my frail thoughts and ideas. I give you my searching and my striving and my grasping for truth. I give you all of my ignorance and confusion, and I give you my questions and my doubts. I acknowledge you to be truth. Truth in its entirety, truth in its purity, the truth that can set me free. In this body, in this mind, in this spirit, free us from your bond, all bondage. Free us from the lies, the deceit in this world. Free us from our selfishness, our pride, and our greed. Break down the chains which hold us back, Lord. Filling up the door of my prison, that I may pass the darkness in this world, my world, and I may walk out into the bright presence of your light. Father, may I now be the radiance of your love upon my life. May I feel the warmth of your fatherly love upon me, your child, trusting, depending, loving. Help me to know what joy is. Give me the grace in my weakness to cry out to you, Father. Help me to know that beneath me, you are here before me. Your everlasting arms are bearing us up. Lord Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my thoughts and my feelings, my memories and my hopes. I accept your authority over everything I have been and am and will be. I bow before you as I see your cross held by the cruel nails. I see your arms stretched out, seeking the embrace of the whole world, seeking to embrace me, seeking to love, to forgive, and to make sense of it all. I praise you for you died for me. Help me to know that your love for me is so great, and I trust myself to love you too. I must recognize you, my great worth to you. Holy Spirit, source of all truth, giver of power, come upon me now as gently as a dove or like tongues of living fire, as quietly as a summer breeze or a mighty roaring wind, come and dwell within me. Enable me to do the things before us that are impossible, unworthy as I am, Holy Spirit of the living God, give us those gifts which we can use to your glory and your honor, that we may show forth the fruit even in our lives. Glory to be to you, God. Glory be to you, Jesus Christ, and glory be to you, Spirit. Amen. Now, I know that that was a lot to read, um, and I didn't really uh, intend to start our service that, this way this morning, but I wanted to share that with you because that's a prayer that you can take with you. And I would love for you to take a copy of it, and I would love for you to read it. Don't let this pass by where you don't take the opportunity to ask God, to beg God, to bring peace to our world because we surely need it. So we're going to be reading and talking Um, And our our chapter this week is chapter 10 in our book. We make the road by walking. And interestingly enough, we're talking about getting people out of slavery and into freedom. And I think that we would all agree that when people are free, the real, the true, the, the freedom that we're all looking for and longing for is only found when we're fully connected to God. And when we don't have that, that's when we see all that breaks our heart in this world. Because we're, we're still enslaved by the things that drive us and that pull us away from our intended purpose with Him. This quote is in the front of my uh, journal, and, and it's funny because as I switch journals, I, I rewrite this quote and put it in the next one because I fill up the pages and then I start a new one. Um, I love Barbara Brown Taylor, I talk about her a lot. I love her books, I love her writing, I love her work. But this is a quote that I have in the front of my journal, and I'm going to share it with you. The treasure we seek requires no lengthy expedition, no expensive equipment, no superior aptitude or special company. All we lack is the willingness to imagine that we already have everything we need. The only thing missing is our consent to be exactly where we are. There is a lot of work that comes to being free. There is a lot of work that is required on our end to be proactive, to see our souls experience freedom. And I keep this quote in the front of my journal because what I tend to forget um, in the world of mothering and being here and working and being in this community, all the stuff that keeps us busy and keeps our attention pulled. We often forget that everything that we need to experience full and true freedom is right where we are, right where you're standing right now. The Israelites, after spending a lifetime, really their lifetime enslaved in Egypt, they were led by the bravery of this unlikely leader, Moses, to go and head to their freedom. The persistence of standing up to Pharaoh, and they were finally set free. Matt talked about that last week. You know, let my people go Became that that anthem that cheer that charge and they were they were given their freedom I want you to think of a time in your life where you perhaps felt the most free The most free Wait, maybe it was a moment. Maybe it was a day or a whole year. Maybe it was just a feeling When you think of that moment What t- took it away from you? Because the Lord knows we don't usually stay in our freedom. We usually move in different directions, away from it, aside from it, behind it, ahead of it. What keeps us from being free? In Galatians chapter 5, and I'm reading this, these specific verses from the message translation. Um, those of you who follow the message or have looked into the message um, translation, the author Eugene Peterson at 85, actually just passed away this, this past week. Um, I, I have loved his work so much and appreciate his word, words and his voice. And I want to read this this passage to you this morning. This is Galatians chapter five, verse one. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand and never let anyone put the harness of slavery on you. Verse 13 and 15. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to be free. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's a true act of freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out, because in no time you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? Verse 16, my counsel is this, live freely, animated, and motivated by God's spirit. I I love that one sentence right there. Live freely and animated and motivated by God's spirit. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness, for there is a a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit. Just as a free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. These are two ways of life. These two ways of life are antithetical. So did you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day? Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence? In the last two verses here, 25 and 26, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold on to it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of, as, as if one of us were better or worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. I'm an original you're an original. I love how the author Oscar Wilder, he says, be yourself because everybody else is already taken. You know, you have this ability. We have this ability to figure our freedom out as we walk in step with the spirit. That's what we're hearing here in this passage in Galatians. So as we walk in step with the spirit, as our lives are motivated to be imitations of who Christ is in us, dwelling in us, and as we move, that is when we we experience the true freedom that God has set out and intended for us to have. When it comes to freedom, there are times that we work really hard to get towards something. You know, perhaps there's been a season of your life that you've had to really put the work in to get to a new place of freedom. Perhaps breaking away from pain, breaking away from addictions, toxicity, only to find yourself, in some ways, longing to go right back. It's kind of the cycle. You break free and you want to go back. You break free and you want to go back. The the familiarity of, of all of it becomes comforting because it becomes what we know to do. It seems easier to go back to what we know than to pursue the difficult spaces of what is unknown. And this spectrum can be, you know, really far and wide. The things that we choose to forego to get to a season of freedom. The things that we choose to give up or to go without. To challenge ourselves to experience an, a different life. I think that there are parts of each one of us that. You know we would all admit that we, we've we had a day that we would say. I hope that I wake up different tomorrow. As I go to bed tonight I, I don't want to be this way. I want to be something new. And I want to be something free. Sometimes I think that what I'm good at and what maybe some of us are good at are like checking off a small goal of, you know, a, a tangible goal, something that might seem like, okay, I could do this. I could maybe go without coffee for like two days. I mean, that's doable, right? Like not longer than that, really, though. We know that coffee is like the fruit of the spirit. Um, but, you know, but like there are things that we maybe, maybe give us moments of freedom where we're like, okay, I'm going to, I am going to exercise every day for seven days and I'm going to do that. And then, you know, you might get to day number eight and you're like, well, I did it. I, I, I got to like, I I felt better. I, I, I pursued that goal. I gave up, you know, sitting on the couch and watching five movies. And so, you know, you kind of feel like those are achievable things, you know, no coffee, maybe no sugar for a week. I don't know, whatever you fill in the blank. So we kind of have ways to pursue small habits, small changes, slight differences that kind of make us feel better, feel like we're heading in, in the right way, the right direction. The far harder thing to do and where I struggle with is the big picture, the long haul. Because what happens in life, which we all would probably agree with, is that life doesn't get easier. Like you don't wake up tomorrow and you're like, this is so easy. This is a piece of cake. Like it's harder. And each season that we face tends to have different challenges, and it becomes harder, even out of control sometimes. You know, I sometimes think that there are these moments that you hit in life, and you're like, oh, if I could just go back to when I was fill in the blank, when I was this age, when I lived here, when I had this job, when I was in this relationship. Yesterday, the kids were, like, looking through a bucket of pictures and Um, you know, they're all laughing at how goofy we we looked 10 years ago or whatever And Maisie comes across this picture and she's like, ah, is this you? And i'm like, come on. That was kind of not I don't really need to act like that But I I said, yeah, that was me. I was 25 and she was like You look so different And i'm like, I don't know if i'm reading this right But I feel like you're saying that I don't look as good right now like I felt like it was like, you know, but I think we do that. Like we will look back and we'll think if I could just, if I could just be 25 again, that was, that was the time of my life. Or if I could just live in this location or have this job or be with these people. I think that sometimes we tend to want places that used to fit us and we don't recognize that they don't fit us anymore for a reason. And there are parts that we maybe skip or even erase and we just forego or just not lean into that we choose to not pay attention to about those magical times of the past or where we long to be. The dark times, the details of pain. I think sometimes we tend to hold on to those images, almost elevating them to be gold. If I could only be there, then I would be free. If I could only have this again, the temptation is for all of us, really, to to play out the what ifs or remember when or if only I could do this again. I believe that the irony, though, of all of humanity is that we spend so much of our lives, our energy, our brain space, our, you know, our time trying to break free, to move forward, to get away from destructive patterns, to get out of something old and into something new and free. I think we know all too well what it feels like to be enslaved or to be trapped by circumstances, fears, anxieties, worries. To be enslaved by addictions, alcohol, food, rage, lust, shame, insecurities. The list can go on, right? The places that we are the farthest away from our freedom are things that often keep us enslaved each and every day. In attempting to kind of simplify, like, what I might be trying to say to you, I think that there are two big things that keep us from experiencing full freedom. And I'm going to take us back to the story of the Israelites and take a look at that and, and kind of show you guys how what they were, the patterns that they were also going through in their wandering of the wilderness is very similar to how we can relate and connect to this today. So the things that keep us away from being free are to, Are really boiled down to two different things. The first is, what is enslaving you? And really asking yourself that question. What is keeping you held? What is it that you keep going back to? It could be a habit. It could be a, a, a you know, a feeling, a thought. It could be an addiction. It could be the thing that traps you the most from feeling free. It's a product often of where we've been. It's a product often of what has happened to us, points of trauma, experiences of pain that keep us enslaved. And you can kind of fill in your story there. I surely know that I have definitely things on that list that keep me enslaved, that that keep me away from feeling fully free and who I have been created to be. The second thing that really keeps us from getting to that place of freedom is not only what is enslaving you, what is pulling you back, but it often has to do with what is driving you. I think that, like, it is really hard to admit that we have selfish motives and selfish desires and things that are driving us that aren't really healthy and that aren't really what God would would say, this is what I have for your life. By that I mean, you know, honestly, a lot of us are driven by things that make us look better. We're driven because we want to be better than how we feel right now. We would do anything to wake up differently tomorrow. We're driven by greed, maybe by status, appearing that we have it all together. More is better. We want what others have around us. And what we feel is that we have this lacking of being connected to the better, the thing that we want and we wish to make us feel free. Our achievements, our tidy pictures we might post on Instagram or whatever, they're always looking for... There's always this thing that's looking for us to to be where we we aren't. To be in a place where we are not. The journey of freedom, full and true freedom in this life, is extremely complicated. And it is not one that is easy to just sum up in our short time today. But this is why I feel like we can find ourselves in the story of the Israelites. They were in this journey because they were longing for freedom for so long. It is what they prayed for. It is what they intensely longed for. It is what they begged and begged and begged and begged for. And so this unlikely leader, Moses, comes alongside them and fights for them. And and they, they are able to experience what they were hoping for all this time. They had been set free. And so it's interesting as you read through their story and you read through their journey of the wilderness, how many times we see them wanting to go back to Egypt instead of being exactly where they were. In Exodus uh, chapter 14, you're starting to see like what their journey through the wilderness looks like and how much they just want to go back to where they used to be, because it is a lot easier than wandering through the wilderness and not knowing. So in Exodus chapter 14, the people are speaking to Moses and they are just complaining, essentially. And they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say it to you in Egypt, leave us alone? We, we, like to, we want to serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So Moses had just really fought for their freedom. They were given their freedom. And now they're wandering around in the desert and they are just like, really? We just want to go back there. Like, it was a whole lot better than this, like, whole wandering thing. We just—why we, why did you even bring us out here? Did you bring us out here to die? Because we'd rather go serve under the Egyptians again. Like, let's just go back and be slaves. And, and then the next, like, we just keep going. They just kind of it's like rapid-fire complaining. It's almost— almost like the equivalent of living with, like with a toddler it's like that this is what we're going through the egyptians are the israelites are are basically behaving like a rapid fire toddler like we're just going to keep it going so the very next chapter of the story is continuing um, they are they have just experienced like this amazing time with the red sea do we know the story of the red sea so they've they've been let they've been given their freedom they're wandering in this wilderness towards the promised land and chapter 15 then Moses um, led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went to the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink it because it was bitter. And this is why they called the place Marah. So the people grumbled again to Moses. And, you know, they're saying to him, what, what are we supposed to drink? And Moses cries out to the Lord. The Lord shows him this piece of wood, and they solve the problem here. But once again, you know, so they, they're saying, why didn't you just take us back to Egypt? We would rather die there. We don't, we don't want to be here. And then the journey continues. They're sad. They're bummed out because they don't have anything to drink, and the water tastes bitter. So Moses figures this out. Then the story keeps going, and you'd think that they maybe would stop complaining. Um, uh, next chapter, chapter 16, uh, they're, basically their journey, journey is continuing, um, but they— Israelites, they say to Moses, if only we had died at the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So, they're being like super dramatic, basically, because they're, they're remembering how great the food was when they were slaves, that they sat around these big pots of meat, they got to eat all the food that they wanted, and now they're here in the wilderness and they don't have anything to eat. The water is bitter, they'd rather go back and be slaves. It's, it's kind of comical because then they complained about the water and the Lord provides they complain about the food and how awesome the food was when they were like slaves. Like they wish they could go back there. And, and then the Lord says to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are going to go out each day and gather enough for that day. And in this way, I will test them and see if they will follow my instructions. So they're complaining. God provides. They're complaining. God provides. In chapter 17, the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped and there was no water for the people to drink. So again, they quarreled with Moses, give us water to drink. And Moses replies, he's kind of getting fed up. Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? It, it, It is the pattern that we find ourselves often. We have been very fortunate to be moved away from what a lot of us have come through, our very difficult lives, difficult circumstances. Some of the stories that I know that you all have been through are beyond, you know, measure. They're just things that I couldn't even fathom having to experience. And we, so we all have our own story that brings us to where we are, perhaps fitting, feeling like we're wandering in the wilderness. But as these people wandered, what they did was They painted a picture of how Egypt used to be for them in their minds, and they wanted to go back there. And how often do we paint, distort, even romanticize images of where we used to be, because that feels easier than where we are and where we stand right now. There is a beautiful song, um, that uh, Sarah Groves, is an older song, and I've, I've, I've talked to you guys about her before. She has a, an amazing songwriting ability, but she, she wrote this song. It's called Painting Pictures of Egypt, and thus the little chorus says, I've been painting pictures of Egypt, leaving out what it lacked. The future feels so hard, and I want to go back, but the places that used to fit me cannot hold the things I've learned. Those roads were closed off to me while my back was turned, The truth is, is that we're all on a wilderness journey out of some sort of enslavement or slavery. And we know personally what it feels like to be enslaved, to be wandering in the wilderness, preceding our promised land. It feels uncomfortable. It feels unfair, perhaps exhausting. It's wild and scary and dusty and dirty. It's it's the wilderness. You know, you feel like you're a million miles from where you've come, but you're nowhere near where you want to be. It's like the god-awful middle of life, and when you're smack dab in the middle, and you can't foresee what's ahead, and you wish for what what was, it seems like you're not moving. You're motionless. It's kind of like the armpit of life's journey, you know, like when you're right there in the middle, like nobody wants to be the armpit, but it's kind of where most of us are, are at in our journeys. We're right there in the middle. In our book, Reading, um, Brian McLaren, this is a quote from the book, he says, So we have much to learn about the stories of Moses and his companions. We too must remember that the road to freedom doesn't follow a straight line from point A to point B. It, instead, it zigzags and backtracks through the discomfort zone of lack, delay, distress, and strain. And in those wild places, character is formed. The personal and social character needed for people to enjoy freedom and aliveness. Like those who have walked before us, we need to know that grumbling and complaining can be more dangerous than the poisonous snakes or the hot sun. And like them, we must be forewarned about the danger of catastrophizing the present and romanticizing the past. And like them, we must remember that going forward may be difficult, but going backward is disastrous. And maybe We are holding an unrealistic picture of what we believe to be a better life or a better time. One that we've painted, one that we've even idolized, one that we're longing to go back to. This is what I would push you guys to consider. And as I ask you guys these questions, I'm going to ask the band to come on up and we're going to um, share a song before we conclude today. What I would ask you guys to consider about your story, what is true? What is true about you? The Israelites were now more free than they had ever been. It is exactly what they prayed for. And maybe we are all more free than we imagine we are as well. The question that they forgot to figure out, though, is that they were so fixated on the picture of, the, of their time in Egypt that it seemed so much better than recognizing the freedom that they were walking in right there and then. The Israelites, they were unrealistically remembering this time of slavery in Egypt and the parts of their stories, they seemed to be better than being in the freedom that they had in that time. So maybe what parts of your story are you unrealistically remembering as well? What parts of your story are you perhaps painting up and recalling that that was, it was so much better if I could just be there again? Maybe what have you painted over? What have you embellished about your story and your life? And can the image that you're looking at, that you're backtracking to, can it realistically hold all the things that you've learned and where you are right now? Because the places that used to fit who we were, they don't fit us anymore. The the, the places that used to fit me 10 years ago you know, 10 years ago, two kids less (laughs) don't fit me to where I am right now. And I think that sometimes it is far easier to use our mental space and our energy to remember, to recall, and try to relive where we used to be instead of recognizing the freedom that we have where we stand right now. And all of the things that we've learned, we bring to the table at this part of our story. God provided for the Israelites While in the wilderness, and he met their physical needs one day at a time. They needed food, they needed water, and he met their needs, and he gave them exactly what they needed for that day, for that time. And sometimes I think that we often receive exactly that. He is giving us what we need for this day and for this time, one day at a time. And like the Israelites, you know, we can't just live on bread alone, right? They knew that, and God knew that. And so this is where we see the the coming of the Ten Commandments, and God introducing these guidelines, this framework for their freedom, and it was a nourishment of their souls. The Ten Commandments as a guide, as as a way that, that keeping them from being scattered as a people, but centering them on their journey through the wilderness to freedom. They set aside this holy place, this tent of meeting, where they could gather together and they could lift up God and recognize that his presence was with them. And this was later replaced by a larger gathering called the Tabernacle, still a place to remember his presence. His presence is with us too, and it's providing for us, it's guiding us. And we see that God was with them on their road to freedom, but it was the dusty path the rocky way that they had to continue walking in order to continue finding that freedom was theirs to be had. His presence is providing for us too, and it's guiding us, and there are no shortcuts on this journey. The road cannot be made by wishing or whining or talking or complaining. It can only be made by walking, day after day, step after step, struggle after struggle, And it's easier, as it turns out, to get people out of slavery than it is to get slavery out of people. (laughs) The Israelites were moved out of slavery, but they still had slavery within them. How many of us have been moved out of what has enslaved us, only to go right back to where we used to be again and again? And perhaps this is the moment where you wake up and you recognize that your freedom is the gift that you have right now. And it's where you stand that you can keep moving. The band is going to share a song with you guys. And I love the words of this song so much. And I heard them practicing before service. And just their beautiful voices coming together with the instruments. It's just like magic. They are, they sound like angels. (laughs) Um, and I really want you guys to think about the words to this song. And I, I know that we've kind of been all over the map today. Like I'm a super emotional person because I feel things very deeply. And when I hear hardships and and unjustness and just tragic things that I cannot wrap my brain around, I, it's hard for me to shake that. The way that this song it speaks, it, is, it speaks of coming to the altar, coming before God. Is it this invitation that he is asking us to come? And I, I would encourage you, wherever you found yourself on the stories today, wherever you thought about your place of freedom and your journey in the wilderness, I, I would encourage you guys to sing along or to close your eyes and make this a prayer. But listen to the invitation in the words of this song. And uh, I I think you're going to be just as blessed by it as I was today. If you would, I would love for us to stand together as a community. So we began our time today with the prayer of Shalom. I would still highly encourage you guys to take a copy of that. So that could be a prayer that you use and pray and recite this week. And for our closing today, I wanted to wrap up our time with a benediction. So I wrote this kind of benediction with you guys in my mind and, and really thinking about our brothers and sisters whose lives were lost, thinking about this message of freedom. Um, I think that when freedom is elevated because love is elevated, then hate can only die, you know? And I think that it takes all of us raising our voices to shine that in this world. So may you depart knowing the invitation of God to move from your insecurities to comfort, confidence and strength. And may you depart knowing the invitation of God to move from what we know and what we have yet to discover, to move from where we have been and where we have to go, to move from a place of security and safety to a place that is well worth the risk. May you depart knowing the invitation of God to move from enslavement to freedom, true and lasting freedom, from painting pictures and romanticizing your past to standing firm, feet planted just as you are. Go in the examples of the saints set before you, the Israelites in the wilderness, journeying toward their promised land go in the name of jesus christ who said follow me without even saying where he was going just promising transformation and relationship with the triune god along the way we go in peace to love and to serve the lord in the name of christ amen Amen. thank you so much for joining with us today Uh, we appreciate your time and just we love each one of you in this community, and we hope to see you next week. So go in peace, and we'll see you then.